Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner. A post Christmas edition. Hope everyone had a very nice holiday. Hope you have a good weekend. We got college football action going on this weekend. We got NFL action. It's, it's, it's a premium version. I saw a lot of people online mad that we don't get Christmas football, but you get post Christmas a lot of football. So hope you enjoy your couch this weekend. Uh, hope you enjoy some libations this weekend and hope you win some money this weekend. And you have... If you've been betting with us, Jamie, I want you to tout the numbers at the top of the podcast because these are impressive. These guys pick every single game every week, and they're both doing really well. Yes, and we got one week to go, and we'll post our final season totals uh, next week after our our Monday show. But uh, right now against the spread this season, again, every single game we have picked this season, uh, I am 130-107-3. And Jake is 122, 115, and three. And I challenge you to go look around the industry for those that are picking every single game, not just the, you know select few games around the league, but picking every single game against the spread uh, and find more than a handful that are, are better than that. Uh, I think we've had a pretty good year. Uh, it, there's been some ups and downs, but really late in the season, uh, particularly Jake, really hit his group. Jake's been hitting, I mean, over an 80% clip, I believe, over the last month. Uh, so he's really been, since Thanksgiving, has really turned it on. And you know, look, the locks this year weren't as good as last year. They're still pretty good, 15 and 11. You still made money. You're still in the green there. But uh, they're not quite the two out of three that we were hitting at last year. But they've been still pretty good. We've, uh, I'm happy with what we've been able to do. I like that we pick every single game. We don't shy away from tough games. You know, Jake and I spent two minutes on our Friday show going back and forth with what we do with the Cowboys-Eagles game with yeah. all the uncertainty up in the air. and Talked ourselves into it. Yeah, but and we talked ourselves into the right, uh, the right thing. But that's how, you know, we like picking all these games. And we know that... You know, if you're a casual better or maybe you're you know a little bit higher than that at a fifty or hundred dollar unit better, you know, you want to hear about certain games because maybe you have a game that you like that maybe other people aren't talking about and you want to hear other people's opinions and you'll get Jake and I's and your informed opinions every single week on every single game to help you make those decisions, not just for fantasy, but where you place your wagers. Yep. And we have a full block of week 17 action and some games mean nothing some games mean more to others than they don't and that is why if you play fantasy football dear god i hope you are not playing this week that i'm just that's all i'm gonna say if you if you are playing you can check out jamie's rankings on the draftnetwork.com because he does have week 17 rankings because we know there are people that are playing but i am telling you this there are so many teams that don't have anything to fight for they sit players there's players that are 50 percent that don't go because they don't need to it's the you do not want to leave your fantasy championship up to week 17 so hopefully you're not playing in it so we're going to talk mostly just football break these games down and like i said go check out jamie's rankings on the draftnetwork.com we're going to start off with the tennessee titans and the houston texans who are meeting up for the second time in three weeks the Tennessee Titans are going on the road to play the Houston Texans. The Texans are a three and a half point underdog in this one. Uh, interesting line here. It's an afternoon game. We're kicking things off with this one, a divisional matchup. Jake, what are your thoughts on that game? You know, I watched this Titans team in, the, in that Texans game a couple weeks ago, and it was the Titans really had it in hand and gave it away. Deshaun Watson threw a couple picks in the red zone. Then I watched this Texans team live last week and was thoroughly unimpressed. Thoroughly, thoroughly unimpressed. Like, that, they are not – Deshaun Watson's special. He gets outside the pocket. He's Russell Wilson-esque making plays. But in the pocket, he's got a lot of work to do. Their offensive line still struggles. They don't run it great, or they didn't against the Bucs anyway. The Bucs are, you know, number one again in the league against the run. So maybe you can't put as much on that. Will Fuller's solid. I just I don't I don't know like I left very very unimpressed I wasn't overly impressed when I watched the Titans live either but I think they have more pieces I think they get it done uh, Derrick Henry missing a week and coming back healthy I think is, is going to be huge I got the Titans 20, 28 24 covering that spread um, and then winning the division uh, no, not, yeah, winning, I, not winning the division sorry yeah, making the playoffs winning the game yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's why I have them. One, I think the Titans on a neutral field, and it's not a neutral field, are a better team than the Texans right now, uh, the way they're playing. The Texans have nothing to play for. Yeah. I know there's like this weird hypothetical, like 18 things can happen, they could be the three seed, but that's not happening. 
So my concern is, is that Deshaun Watson gets hit early in that game and often, and they start, and Bill O'Brien sits back at halftime and goes, all right, this game is worthless. We're playing next week against the Buffalo Bills. We, you know what, let, let's sit this one down. Let's make sure nobody gets hurt in the yeah. second half and we don't actually need this. And I think the Titans are a good enough team that they could stick it to them and win this game regardless, even if the Texans were playing at full speed. Uh, Derrick Henry coming back is going to be huge for them. Uh, I just think that the Titans have everything. Again, when you have two teams that are very similar talent levels and one has everything to play for and one has nothing to play for, it might be erring on the side of, eh, let's not get our franchise quarterback hurt before we play the Buffalo Bills next week in the playoffs. I'm going to lead the Titans to win and cover in this game. Yeah, especially when you know they've got, I'm looking at the playoff picture in front of me at 8-7. and seven. They got the Steelers at 8-7. and seven. They want to keep that sixth seed. They have more to play for, obviously. And I can't imagine, I agree with you, Jamie, that, you don't want to see your your starting quarterback get hurt. And Deshaun Watson's taken so many hits, as we've talked about. It's not not a recipe for success because they rely on him for everything to win football games. All right, the next game we're going to talk about uh, two teams that are not going to sniff the postseason, the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns are going on the road to play Cincinnati. The Browns, we've obviously talked about ad nauseum. What a disaster of a season for this team. I'm going to gloat. Yet again, I hope that you took the season total under like I told you to at the beginning of the season. The freaking lock of the century that they were not going to hit nine and a half games. My God. I saw some people were were tweeting at me, sending me screenshots of places they got it at 10. 10 freaking wins. Oh, my God. They didn't even get close. Nowhere near that. So, Jake, these two teams are not going to see him in the postseason. There's a lot of implications for – like just coaching staff and how they end the season. Will Freddie Kitchens be there? Will he not? Cincinnati, I don't think they're going to make any changes. They're obviously looking forward to losing this game and having the number one overall pick to pick Joe Burrow. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what Cincinnati does uh, moving forward. They're not making changes. And I don't see Freddie Kitchens. I think the kind of the theme so far is coaches coming back. I think there will be some staff changes with the Browns for sure, probably on that defensive side. But I'm not sure that Freddie's going anywhere. Uh, Look, the Browns are still too talented to lose this game. They want to finish the year on a high note. I I can't really make an argument for why Cincinnati could win. What was the line? Browns minus what? Uh, The Browns are favored by three points in this game. Yeah, I mean, they're so much better than that. I I still got them covering it by one. I'm going to take the Browns 28-24. Andy Dalton's played well since coming back. Minus the one game he threw four picks against the the Patriots. But it really was because it's like Brian Fitzpatrick. He has to try to do everything. Uh, I think they're going to play solid. I think they're going to be in it, but I think the Browns make enough plays to win. I think Nick Chubb has a big day. Yeah, and I think this is a one-score game as well. And look, the Browns should win this game. I, I, I went back and forth in my head. I wanted to pick the Bengals because I feel like they just deserve to win this game more. They've already got the number one pick locked up. They're trying harder. Joe Mixon's running really well. The receivers aren't asking every team they play to come get them. You know, all the things that you want to see from a football team. But – the Browns are still too talented. Their Nick Chubb has been really good all year. Their, Cincinnati hasn't stopped anybody. The, Cleveland's got two running backs that can be effective against them, like if one in the passing game with Kareem Hunt. You know, all backup and Jarvis Landry are still out there. I know they're both going to probably need offseason surgery, but they both are out there. They're both going to play in this game. I, I can't see a way that the Browns really fumble this one away. I really can't. It, it, not against Cincinnati. No, they need, they need this one. They need to end on a high note for a lot of reasons, but – uh, it's, <laughs> they've been, uh, they've been a tough watch all year long. Browns fans just, uh, look ahead to the draft. Something I've said, I don't know, probably for the last 10 years for, for Browns fans. So Paige, where could they go if they want good coverage of players <laughs> they could see on draft day? Is yeah. there a website out there that uh. could... That you can direct them to. <laughs> you guys should head to the draftnetwork.com and hop on that mock draft machine, baby. Have some fun. Look at your picks. See who see play GM. You can talk smack to your GM and tell him you're gonna make better picks than he is. That's what the mock draft machine is for. Have some fun with that. All right, the Chicago Bears play the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears are going on the road to play Minnesota in this one. Minnesota, nothing to play for in this one. Uh, the Bears are three-point favorites on the road against Minnesota. Jake, I'll let you take this one first. What do you think happens in this one? I think it's close. I think it's probably going to be a fun game that's still an interdivisional rivalry. And, yes, the Vikings don't have anything to play for, but they're playing next week. And I think Zim wants to get them ready. Uh, I got the Vikings 27-23. I'm not sure the, the Bears just have enough to get it done. I think the Vikings have to bounce back after laying a monster, monster egg the other night. Yeah, this one, again, I hate these games where I don't know how much guys are going to play. 
I don't think I know Dalvin Cook and, and Madison are back in practice. I I would be blown away if Dalvin Cook plays in this game. Yeah, he should I not be playing in yeah. this game no matter what. Madison they might bring back here. Uh, the complete lack of commitment to running the ball last week. Uh, you know, I, I, this is so tough because I hate going with the narrative of, well, the Bears are going to try more because are they really? Because it means just as little to the Bears as it does to the Vikings. It's, they're less likely to bench their starters. Listen, if, but, you, if you recall last year in week 17, the Bears had nothing to play for. And Minnesota had everything to play for. Yeah. And Minnesota lost that football game in Minnesota. Same situation. Like it, it, there's yes and no. Yeah, but the difference was the Vikings play. are in the playoffs this year. And last year they were awful and weren't. For sure, but they were playing to get into the postseason last year, if you recall. They had sure. an opportunity, sure. and they and they went in, and the Bears had locked up their seed, and the Bears still beat them last year. That's like I'm, that's why I, I look at this situation and go, yeah, okay, Minnesota might not have anything to play for, but I watched that same scenario play out last year, and it and it flipped. Yeah, I'm going to go with – I'm going to take the Vikings to, to – Vikings plus three here yeah. just because I don't feel like even if the Bears do win this game I feel like this is a last second field goal type of thing and I'll For take sure. that insurance there I still think the Vikings have too much talent on offense they're gonna have to figure out what they're gonna do particularly with Adam Thielen they've taken Adam Thielen he's not playing that much in the slot anymore and has been incredibly ineffective when he's been on the field for the most part this season so they're gonna have to figure out how to get him back involved in the passing game the way that he has been the last couple seasons yeah, I don't know if he's not healthy or what but I hated their game plan the other night absolutely yeah. hated it yeah, I, I mean, I, look, I know not having Dalvin Cook out there in Madison, it hurts, but uh, th- this this is a team that just looks out of whack on offense, and I don't um, – I would be a little concerned because we're, we're, what is – I mean, they're going to run into – they better hope they run into Green Bay yeah. and not New Orleans or, or San Francisco or Seattle. Well, maybe Seattle at this point. I'm not that worried about them. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting scenario for them. But I think the Vikings can do enough to get the job done in this game uh, at, pl- at plus three here. For fantasy purposes, oof. I yeah. mean, Diggs is the only one you feel confident playing uh, at this point as a wide receiver, too. But, yeah, I, I don't think Cook plays. I don't think Madison plays. Um, Thielen's a big wild card right now. Him not playing in the slot this year, someone's going to have to explain that to me in the offseason of why yeah. they decided to move him away from that role. Very frustrating as somebody I think it's because they didn't have a lot of slot receivers. They had playing two tight ends so much. Yeah, Irv, Irv Smith Jr. came on. They were in a lot of two mm-hmm. tight end sets, and they didn't really have a slot guy, so they had two receivers, but he was playing outside. It's it's been frustrating to watch since Adam Thielen came back from his injury because one they kind of mismanaged or at least publicly mismanaged the Thielen stuff because you thought he was coming back then he didn't come back then when he did come back he hasn't been very effective so it's been frustrating because Adam Thielen it traditionally in this offense has been amazing so I think Minnesota better get it together because they don't look like a team that's awful like any bit scary uh, after watching them in, in at home against Green Bay. No. Uh, all right. The Indianapolis Colts going on the road to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts are four and a half point favorites on the road in Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville probably going to move away from coaching staff. Potentially we'll see what, what, what black Monday brings for uh, all of these coaching staffs. But uh, this one, another one where neither team is going to be in the postseason. Jake, what do you have happening here? And the Jaguars are another one of those teams that are reporting that it looks like Marone and Caldwell will both be back. So we'll see what actually happens on Black Monday. But I, th- I think the trend is going to be towards keeping some of these guys and just moving on from Coughlin. Look, Jacksonville played pretty hard last week, but they're just up against it. Minshew's not doing much. Chark came back but didn't look healthy. Had a terrible game in Atlanta. Indy had a huge game with a bunch of fluky things with the punt returns and all that. But Indy just plays hard. They're really solid they're that blue collar team, that blue collar city, the blue collar players that are going to have to play. I know they're going to play hard. I'm not sure what I'm getting from Jacksonville because they have been awful minus the comeback against the Raiders a couple weeks ago. I'm taking the Colts to cover that 27, 20. I just think they have more. And I think Marlon Mack has a big day run the ball. I think that's the key. That's why I'm going to take the Colts to win and cover here. Marlon Mack should have a big day running the football here. They're going to play a little bit harder. Uh, look, Jacksonville is just a complete mess right now. Uh, I don't like – I actually have Leonard Fournette ranked as an RB2 for this game. Like I'm not as high on him as a lot of places are around. The Colts are a tough team to run on consistently. Uh, you're going to need to rely on a lot of dump-off passes. Look, Gardner Minshew, uh, he – look, he did some really good things early in the season, but he has been bad for the most part. Uh, and that's fine. That's Look, he was a late-round pick, was not expected to be stepped into this role, was thrust into it, but – He's not been playing well lately. And by the way, neither has Jacoby Brissett. He's really struggled down the stretch here. Uh, so I'm interested to see the offseason adjustments that they make because he is going to be their starter next year. So we'll see what adjustments he can make 
he and Frank Reich in the offseason. Oh, by the way, on that, this is I don't know if it was Bleach Report or somebody going around, but they did like a top five list of whether it was most fireable coaches. The most absurd yeah. thing I've ever seen. Go ahead, Jay. Right, that's this ridiculous. Is- I think it was SB Nation SB that Nation. did it. It was a terrible, terrible list. It yeah, was that, a terrible list. The yeah. list was awful, but Frank Reich is not in the top 20. And I think it was yeah. the title was most deserved to be fired. It was something stupid, and Frank what Reich was on the list. And I has Frank Reich done to deserve to be fired? Yeah, I, I wanted to quote tweet it and mock it, but I didn't want to draw any attention or clicks to how stupid that article yeah, was. absolutely was absurd. Like, there's looking for content, and then there's just putting stupid stuff out there. That was ridiculous. It's just a fundamental misunderstanding of what's happening. I mean, look, I understand fandom and I've been on that side of it and I, I get it. But it's also like you have to look logically at these things sometimes. Like if you're not just trying to – I mean if you're just trying to stir shit, congratulations. Yeah. It. But like if you actually like, oh, no, I really think this and this is what I really think, we you need to go back and evaluate a lot of things here. And look, I know the easiest thing to do of all time is, oh, my team did have a winning record, fire the coach. But that's just – that's so surface level BS analysis, but he I was up for coach of the year a year ago. His star quarterback yeah. retires. They have more injuries than anybody, and they're still relevant going into week sixteen. Yeah, as I brought up on the show a few weeks ago, at this point this season, their franchise quarterback, their star running back, their number one receiver, their number two receiver, their the number tight one end tight end. end, and that's just on offense. Yeah, yeah, it's we're all out. Yeah. What do you expect him to do? Like, what do you expect this Colts to? They've had a remarkable season considering what happened to them. Agreed. Because not like Andrew. Again, not that you can sustain an Andrew Luck retirement ever, but Andrew Luck didn't retire in March. No, he retired in training camp. Yes, it's it, listen. They the fact that they were relevant this year is a miracle. Honestly, it like it is a miracle. It's a testament to his coaching and his coaching staff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Frank Reich doesn't belong on any list about getting fired. So whoever wrote that article, I remember seeing it on Twitter, 100% it was SB Nation. I saw the tweet and I thought, you are doing this to get a rise out of people because there is no way you legitimately think that, which is why I did not push any page views their way. And if you do, Uh, come on the show so we can tell you how stupid you are. Yeah, feel free. Join join us as a guest because I can't wait to just annihilate you on this podcast. So please, please join us. Uh, all right, the Atlanta Falcons going on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jamie, the Bucks are a one-point favorite at home in this one, a divisional matchup. What do you think is going to happen in this one? Also, Dan Quinn coming back, it looks like. Yep. That's not what I would have expected eight weeks nope. ago, but nope. here we are. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks here. I'm going to continue to roll with them. They're still, they're still playing. I mean, but actually, I mean, the Falcons are playing better, but I still think the Buccaneers are – they should have won last they're, week. They're more talented with healthy. Uh, I mean, right now, obviously, they're still banged up. But that defense is playing. At, at, and, and I want to give Jake so much credit for this because this is this is a point that is getting missed in the fantasy community and in the community in general. Because as Jake said and put it so perfectly, what you do in the first half of the season is what people think you are. And they completely ignore the equal amount of sample size that is the back half of the season. Where Tampa Bay's defense is playing significantly better. They are playing at a high level right now. They're playing even at a better level than Atlanta's defense, who's turned it around since the beginning of the season as well. Uh, I think they're going to cause Matt Ryan a lot of trouble in this game. I think Devonta Freeman's going to have nowhere to go. Uh, and look, the Bucks, as we predicted, are going to sling it. I don't care if they're throwing it to practice squad guys or undrafted rookies at a UAB. They're going to sling it. I was like, uh, and I think the Buccaneers have enough to get this job done as a one-point favorite. A little bit surprising to me because that means they think Atlanta's a better team on a neutral field, and I don't agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I go back to the Atlanta Jacksonville game last week. Atlanta jumps up 14 nothing, and they struggle to win 24 12 against a really bad Jacksonville team, and they couldn't do anything. Matt Ryan has two picks in the second half, and Jacksonville turns it over fourth and goal in the four, going in to make it really, really relevant with six minutes to go in that game. I was expecting them to blow their doors off. They didn't. I agree with Jamie. I think the Bucks' defense is rolling. Uh, Shaq Barrett is trying to become the, the franchise all time leader in sacks. JPP is trying to get over 10. Come, I mean, they're just playing really good. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. I mean, the, off, the offense is going to have to do something because they're extremely limited on what they have. But they put up 460-something yards of offense last week on the Texas defense. I expect a lot of the same. It'll be, it should be a fun one to watch. I, I hope they can finish the year 8-8. Eight and eight. It'd be, uh, be a hell of a turnaround. Yeah, I think it would be really, really fun to to watch that. And listen, like watching the Texans last week and watching that Bucks game, I know I wasn't on because I had no voice. But my God, was it an excruciating watch! I was so fr- I was so frustrated for Jake because I just could could feel what it would feel like to sit next to him because I've been sitting with him in a box watching him watch a game and just feeling so frustrated in that moment because I was like, 
they're just completely outplaying this football team. It they, was it an was, all-time level of obnoxiousness. Let's, it was, it it was, I'm, I'm glad the box only had four people in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad for you that the box only had four people in it. Uh, all right, the Washington Redskins is a big spread here. The Washington Redskins going on the road to play the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are 10.5-point favorites in this one. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but if the Cowboys win – and the Eagles lose, there's still a scenario that they they yeah. they can make it in, right? Yeah. Uh, so there's there is still opportunities here. Philadelphia obviously playing the New York Giants, they win the game. It doesn't matter what Dallas does. But listen, the crazier things have happened. Jamie, I'll let you take this one first. What do you have happening in Washington and Dallas? I have the Redskins covering that spread. Ooh, uh, I, I like it. I agree. I agree. Good call. I think this is a one score game. I Case like Keenum's going to start this game. Case Keenum is still damn good. Again, he's not one of the 20 best starters in the league, but he's one of the 30 best. Yep. And I think he can be absolutely give you exactly what you need. They're playing a lot better lately. AP is running the ball really effectively. Chris Thompson is back and healthy, and they're utilizing him in the, as, in the dump-off game. Tara McLaurin looks like a star. They yeah. found another – legit after they thought Kelvin Harmon, which I, I still like long-term, is going to be their number two. His injuries opened the door for Steven Sims Jr., who's playing really well right now, caught a couple touchdowns last week. Redskins are playing hard. They're they're uh, they're playing pretty well, and Dallas isn't running away from teams. Dallas is Dallas is talented enough to be ten and a half point favorites in this game, but they're not playing as if they should be ten and a half point favorites in this game. Uh, and the reality is, is yes, they have everything to play for, kind of depending on what the score. The, the Philadelphia, I believe, plays at the same time. So the so there's, there could be a scenario where they're looking up at the scoreboard in the second half and they know their season's over. Correct. So I, I think this is a one score game and um, I still would pick the Cowboys to win, but I think the Redskins are going to keep this one close. Ten and a half seems wild to me. Yeah, I got the Cowboys 28-21. I agree wholeheartedly. And there's one other reason that I'm picking them to, co- to not cover that because it still matters technically. If it didn't matter, I'd pick the Cowboys to win by 25 because <laughs> that would be the perfect time for them to blow up at home and look awesome going into the offseason or whatever else. But it still matters. And you hit the nail on the head. Bill Callahan has his team playing really hard. He deserves a lot of credit with all the crap that was going on. And Jay Gruden, who we, we had his back, we've talked about how, how good of a coach we think he is. Bill Callahan's done a hell of a job making this team play hard. I, I love AD all day running that. I mean, it's been fun. I, and they're playing hard. I, I agree with I agree with Jamie 100%. I think they cover this game. I think it's a fun one to watch. Yeah, I think it could be fun. It's it's been good to see Washington have some semblance of like a revitalization. Um, and obviously, well, I think everyone on this podcast is a Case Keenum fan. So yeah. I, I good for him. Hopefully, he gets another opportunity, whether he stays in Washington or goes somewhere else. Um, he can play as we as has been dis- was very evident in Minnesota. Um, I don't know that Minnesota's happy they have Kirk Cousins over over Case Keenum. Not dollar for dollar, they're not. I'm, Probably in overall, yeah, but not dollar for dollar. Yeah, I'm no. I'm betting they are not. Uh, all right, the New Orleans Saints, another big point spread here, going on the road to play the Carolina Panthers. The Saints are a 13 and a half point favorite in this one. Sometimes what we talked about is it with when you fire a coach, there's a rallying and the opposite effect has happened for Carolina because Ron Rivera was very well liked in that locker room. That team has looked like a travesty since they fired Ron Rivera. Just ask Greg Olson, who's been very vocal about the way this team has been playing the last few games. And they, they just they look lifeless. Uh, they have looked like that since they fired Ron Rivera and a testament to who he is as a man and a leader and a coach. And that is evident with the way that this football team is playing. Uh, Jake, that's a big point spread. Do you think that the New Orleans Saints can cover that 13 and a half points on the road? I wrote down 31-17, so I do. Here's the great thing about the NFC playoff picture. There's still three teams that could be the number one seed. They all got to play. And -hmm. this is an early game. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas wants to shatter that rabbit. He broke the record. He wants to put that thing out of freaking reach. They want to get hot. I think they get up big. And the only reason I think maybe they don't cover this is because they don't all play in the second half because they're up so big. Uh, but that defense is solid. I don't know, that, other than McCaffrey, what they're going to do on offense against them. Uh, so, yeah, I wrote down 31-17, assuming they're going to have to play for that number one seed and that they don't rest anybody in the second half. Yeah, I, I think they do enough to cover here. Look, Carolina is going to do one thing in this game. They're going to try to get McCaffrey the 1,000-1,000. Yeah. And they understand that that's they're not playing for anything. They're going to try to get that. DJ Moore's probably not going to play in this game, uh, and you, they're just playing out the season. And the Saints have everything to play for. They're the more talented team anyway, uh, and they're just clicking on all cylinders right now. They are so hot on offense. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Carolina can keep this close. I really don't. Uh, I, I expect the Saints to win and cover this and really, really put on a big show and just sit back and wait and see how things play out. 
uh, with Green Bay and things, how see how things play out on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I want to talk about very briefly, I know we're going to do a lot of off-season shows, but this is a popular topic right now. If I put a gun to your head right now in a half PPR league, what pick in the first round are you taking Michael Thomas next year? I think he could. Th- I think he's he's threatening to be a top five pick. I would agree. Like, I, mean, I, I kind of had him there last year. I had him, I think, yeah. my number number two or three receiver, and then I think I dropped him down to maybe four this year, just thinking that people had to double cover him because they don't have any other weapons. But it hasn't mattered. I'm thinking I, about. I can't him. see. I can't yeah. see his production coming down at all. This, that's the thing. So your McCaffrey's going to be the number one pick. Yep. Dalvin Cook number two. Probably. No, Saquon healthy is still going to be right there. I mean, you go back to the last two weeks with him being healthy. Who you remember why you took him one? By the so way, he got forty points for those people that had him. Page. So if we go, say, so I mean, say if we go, McCaffrey, Saquon, Dalvin, Zeke, Kamara. Yeah, I, like where does where does he go? Is he six? Is he above? One I of think those he's guys? kind of that Antonio Brown from three or four years ago, where you're I'm looking at yeah, that five five six. Oh, you mean you mean currently working out with the Saints, Antonio Brown? Yes, that guy. guy. They could oh, be on the other oh, side oh. of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I think he's he. The, well, Jake, you said exactly what I was going to say. It reminds me of that Antonio Brown scenario where you would look and you'd be in that four, five, six spot, and you'd go, "Okay, is the running back that I'm going to take here?" more valuable than the very clear-cut number one wide receiver. And a lot of times, especially in half-point PPR, you take the risk that you're not going to get a good as good a running back later on, but, man, it turns out sometimes to be really good for you. I've been that person that's taken A-B in years prior, and it's really paid off big time because sometimes the – the separation between what that guy does and what the next guy does on a wide receiver scale is so large that you have a consistency that is better than the two picks that you get with a running back and a wide receiver. And usually, you know, it's been a little bit different this year because receivers has been a lot more volatile than it yes. has in years past. But typically, it's this safer option. You 100%. have a better chance of predicting the production of a top and elite wide receiver than you do with an elite running back with a much higher injury risk. Absolutely. The best tweet I saw about this was the stats of guys in their first five years, most catches in the NFL. Michael Thomas is second in his fourth. Wow. All the other guys on the list, one through five, are just finishing their fifth year. Michael Thomas is second, finishing his fourth. Yeah, so he'll blow whoever is number one on that list. He will probably blow. I think think Christian McCaffrey's on that top five, too. Christian McCaffrey's third, I believe. Yes, ahead of of Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Two, Two very, very talented dudes. All right, Philadelphia Eagles going on the road to play the New York Giants. Like we talked about, Philly needs to win this one so that it doesn't matter. They win and they're in. Doesn't matter what Dallas does. They lose, and all of a sudden... They Dallas is playing a game that's meaningful. And and listen, I don't have any feel for how either one of those games is going to go. That's I'm being truthful. Like, I yes, I think that Philadelphia should win this game and Dallas should win their game. But I also know that this division, they're both playing divisional games. This division is hot garbage. And I have absolutely no feel for how either one of those teams is going to do. Cause the Cowboys could come out and look like the best team in football. And I would not be surprised. And Philadelphia could look terrible. And I also wouldn't be surprised. That's, that's what I, and I kind of hope we get some level of chaos because it will be fun. And Philly being upset is always enjoyable. And Dallas being upset is always enjoyable. So really I'm, it's a win-win one fan base is going to be pissed off and I'm going to be excited about it. So Jake, what do you think is going to happen here? Is is Philly going to cover that four points on the road against the New York Giants? I don't have them covering that. I've got them winning by a field goal. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I liked what the Giants put on tape last week. Now, they were playing the Redskins. We talked about how the Redskins have been playing harder. They went back and forth. That game ends up going to overtime. They made plays. Danny Dimes, 352 and five touchdowns. Sterling Shepard looked good. Golden Tate got in action. Saquon looked healthy and looked awesome. You still got Slayton playing on the outside. That offense looks explosive, and Philly's pass defense is absolute awfulness. It's terrible. I flip that around, number one receivers who Philly doesn't have against Dallas, or the Giants' defense has been really good. But I don't know what Philly's got left. <laughs> I'm going to go with Philly to win on a field goal because Carson Wentz is still the best player on the field. But I don't feel great about it, but I don't have him covering four. I went back and forth on this. I'm going to take the Eagles to cover slightly. I think this is a one-score game. The Giants' offense is playing really well. And, you know, I looked this up. Do you know that on a per-game basis, Daniel Jones is the number 13 fantasy quarterback this year? He's wow. somebody that we need to talk about next season as 
somebody that's going to be in that QB one territory. I think he's somebody that's going to have to be talked about. Even with again, even though he's turned the ball over a thousand times, that's he is insane. still. By the way, that is more. He's averaging more fantasy points per game than Aaron Rodgers, than Tom Brady, than Kirk Cousins, than Jared Goff, than all of those guys. Wow, he is averaging more fantasy points per game when he has started than those guys. Even with all those turnovers, which you expect, they're going to come down at least to a more. Not only, not only that, even with all those turnovers, even with all the injuries to the top, he this that was like Jake said, that was the first time we saw Saquon with Danny Dimes play at the high level that we know we can expect from those guys. Golden Tate being out there, Evan, like they haven't had their full slate of healthy weapons yeah. yet. Yeah, because think about because Golden Tate was suspended for the first four games. Sterling yeah. Shepard missed a lot of time. Saquon Evan, missed time. Evan, Evan Ingram missed half the season. Yes. So I mean that's a that's a lot to deal with. Yeah. As a rookie QB, I got thrown in there in week three. And if you take if he gets slightly better at not turning the ball over, imagine. Like he doesn't have to like he like you would hope, obviously, if you're a Giants fan, then he gets significantly better at not turning the ball over. But as a fantasy owner, even if he go, gets 25 percent better, has a full slate of weapons in offseason where they're they're bolstering this team instead of trying to re- reload. And all of a sudden, that's an interesting conversation. That's not one that I would have expected. Yes, that's very interesting. Something to keep in mind because he is playing really well. He's been a very boomer bust. He has a lot of those like four touchdown games and, and a lot of those one touchdown games. Yeah. But something that you imagine that will as he gets more seasoning and a more off season as the full off season as the starter, some of those things will start to come to click with him. But back to this game, uh, I like Saquon, but Philadelphia has been really good against the run this year. And I want to see, okay, is Saquon looking like as, as he is healthy as he's looked the last couple of weeks? Cause then it won't matter. Yeah. He's still going to have a big game. Uh, I like that Jordan Howard's going to be back for Philadelphia this week, just because I think that they can then use Miles Sanders in the passing game a little bit more because they need, God knows that they need help there. Yeah, they need weapons. It is bad right now. Like Greg, it's Greg Ward. I mean, our, our single white side's hurt. He's been a non-factor anyway, but our, our single white side's hurt. So it's like Greg Ward. They don't have bodies. And That's nobody. They have no Zach Ertz is yeah. hurt. Yeah. Like, it, it, so you need somebody. So to be able to give the to line Jordan Howard up in the backfield and allow Boston Scott and Miles Sanders to be weapons on the outside for you is going to be something that at least they can help them with. They have everything. I mean, they have everything in the world to play for. They're not going to blow anybody out because they haven't blown anybody out all year. And so I'm going to take the Eagles here slightly, but. I feel confident about it. I feel confident they're going to find a way to get it done. I don't feel confident they're going to find a way to get it done by four or more. Yeah. All right. The next game we're going to talk about here has playoff implications for Pittsburgh because they are technically still in the in the hunt category at eight and seven. Obviously, they are looking up at the six seed, the Tennessee Titans, who are also eight and seven. We talked about that game earlier. They're playing the Texans. The Steelers are going on the road to play the Baltimore Ravens. And if you ever needed a reason to not play in week 17, the Baltimore Ravens are it because they're not going to be playing most of their guys. And I... this is why you can't play week 17 fantasy championships. It's the absolute worst because the players sit, you you ride guys all year long, and then they get to a point where they don't need to play and you are shit out of luck. So don't play week 17 fantasy championships. I'm going to keep hammering this home uh, at least two more times throughout this podcast. But Pittsburgh, one and a half point favorites on the road against Baltimore. Jamie, I'll let you take this one first. Do you think Pittsburgh gets a victory and could maybe sniff the postseason? Uh, I do. I don't think Lamar Jackson plays. Mark Ingram's not going to play. Mark Andrews shouldn't play. I think half their defense is sitting. sitting like, yep. I just. So the question is, do I think it's Devlin Hodges versus RG three in the the most exciting game of the weekend? Uh, the, the, <laughs> the question is, do I think the Steelers can do enough to get the job done in this game? And I think, I, even though I still don't feel confident about it, which is all you need to know about the Steelers' offense right now, but that Steelers' defense is playing at a really high level. Uh, I think RG3 is going to have a lot of trouble against them when you're running RG3 and Justice Hill and Gus Edwards and Miles Boykin and yeah. Nick Boyle. Like, it's I mean, going to be the B team. I, I just think there's a significant defensive advantage that the Pittsburgh has right now when you're playing against essentially the second team Baltimore Ravens. We're not, or wrestling guys on the offensive line too. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the Steelers do enough to get this job done. But this is a closer game than it should be considering who the Ravens are going to be playing. But the big advantage on defense there. And aside from the quarterback, Pittsburgh's got their complement of weapons on offense. We'll see if James Conner plays, but Juju's back. They've got Washington. They've got Deontay Johnson. This this game's got like 17-14 written all over it. Yep. It's going to be an ugly game. Look, this rivalry always comes down to three points. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take the Ravens to win, 23-20. I got no faith in the Steelers' offense, even with guys coming back, of what they're playing. But they have been hot garbage for the last three or four weeks when, it, when it's all mattered. Devlin Hodges was a great story for a couple weeks, but he has been a turnover machine. There's only so many guys that can rest on an NFL roster. You got 53, 45 suit up on Sunday. So if you got four guys you just named on offense, 
there's not a whole lot of guys on defense that could be sitting or guys that are going to be completely inactive. Uh, that defense, that secondary has been really good. I think they get some turnovers. Something weird will happen in this, in this game. It always does. I, I'm going to take the Ravens to win. I just think they're hot. They got that swag. Even though their backups are in, their backups want some of that limelight that these other guys have been getting. I think Lamar Jackson's running up and down the sidelines like Cam in the Super Bowl year, shooting free throws and whatever else, dunking on people and cheering on his team. I just think they're going to have a lot of excitement. I'm going to go with the Ravens. All right. The New York Jets going on the road to play the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills locked into the postseason as the fifth seed. They're a one and a half point favorite at home against the New York Jets. Again, a team that doesn't really have much to play for in this one. They're locked in in that fifth seed spot. A divisional game. The Jets have been all over the place, but Buffalo probably will not play everybody for the entirety of this game. Jamie, I'll let you take this one first. Is Buffalo cover one and a half at home? I think they do. Only because if this game was in New York, I'd pick the Jets by a lot. But I think Buffalo is going to play their starters at least for a half in this game. Um, I understand why you want to rest them, but you also have a team that I don't want to say hasn't earned it because that's the wrong connotation. But this is a team that hasn't done anything. They haven't won anything. There's not a team full of veterans that have been made long postseason runs. This is a young, a fairly young team that's having some success. You kind of want to keep up that feeling of we're hot. We're not. We're, we're not turning off and turning, trying to turn off and on the light switch here. We know we, we're stuck in the five seed, but we kind of want to keep things rolling here. I think they do that. I think they rely heavily on, on Devin Singletary. On the Jets side of things, look, Donald hasn't played as good on the road. He's been a little bit more turnover prone. This Buffalo defense has been very opportunistic. Uh, there's also this like weird little thing of – I don't know if it's going to affect this weekend or not, but Le'Veon Bell was told that he has to do an HGH test. Ooh. He was – he is told and he that he's told the NFL, I'm never going to do another one of these for you and tweeted out today that I'm not going to do it or something along that effect. If he doesn't, that's treated as a failed test. So whether that affects this week's game, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the deadline is for him to submit to this, but that's a factor too. Also, by the way, it looks like he this is going to be his last game with the Jets. Uh, anyway, uh, I just I think Buffalo is going to play their starters enough to be able to squeak out a field goal victory at home. Yeah, I agree. I got the Bills 24-20. You could only rest so many guys. I'm going to say that again. You also run the risk of resting guys that are healthy. Jamie hit the nail on the head. Switching that light switch on and off is not that easy. These wildcard teams want to be playing well knowing they're playing next week. Now, it's a different story in the second half if a guy's been nicked up and we can get him a little rest. But I think they want to play. They're a young team that's learning how to win. Sean McDermott's done an unbelievable job. Josh Allen's been great. But I think they want to win this game in the division at home and get ready for the playoffs. I don't see them resting too many guys unless they've yeah. been nicked up, like I said. I, I got them covering that 24-20. I think it should be a good game. The Jeff offense has been playing better. Darnold's been better. Uh, he's not as good on the road. I understand that. But he's been better on the road the last second half of the season. Um, but I think the Bills have enough to get it done. That defense has been playing really well. They have. And before you get to the next game, Paige, this is the this next game is the dumbest line of the weekend. Yes. This is the stupidest line. This this is up there, one of the five stupidest lines I've seen all season. I saw this line, and I thought to myself, WTF. Just literally, like, why? I, Let's I just, Vegas know something that, like, I don't. Uh, they're... First and foremost, let me just say that the New England Patriots are not 16 points better than literally any football team in the NFL. They're not. They're not 16 point favorites over anybody. They have not. They don't deserve that line. They're 16 point favorites against the Miami Dolphins who have put up points on literally everyone. I get it. My listen, New England still has to play because if Kansas City wins and New England loses, Kansas City would become the two seed and New England would become the three seed. So I get it. New England has to win to lock in that second seed to make sure that they have a bot. I get it. I understand all that. But 16 points against Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins offense that's been putting up points on anybody? I, I, I don't get this one. Jake, do you agree with me and Jamie? Because I, I can't. 16 points is insane. I just I don't see it at all. I agree wholeheartedly. I wrote down 30 to 24. I got to win yeah. by six. Yep. 16? Yeah. I was thinking this line was going to be six or eight. The Dolphins are, are almost seven to one on the money line. I don't think they're going to win, but if you just want to throw a long shot out there for like 10 bucks, I was going to say 20 bucks. That's a great At bet. almost seven to one. Uh, look, I mean, look, the Patriots offense is not good. It is a bad, it, okay, I'm going to say it's a bad offense right yes. now. I know overall for the season, they rank like league average. It's a bad offense right now. They're not running away from the Dolphins who are going to continue to throw. 
Devontae Parker looks like a stud. They've got they're they're pretty healthy on offense. I know yeah. they don't have a running back that they trust, but maybe maybe they'll give it to Miles Gaskin again. He might have a chance against his Patriots defense, who's been gashed in the middle of the field against the run for a few weeks now. I don't understand this. Like this this. I mean, I could squint my eyes and say, okay, I can see the Patriots winning this like 30 20, like yeah. by 10, but 16? No. As a line, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't understand this at all. Even with the Patriots bump that they get, because a lot of people like to bet on them, I don't understand this at all. I can see Fitz throwing two pick sixes and it being 34 to 20. Yeah. yeah. But unless it's 34 17, you're not like, this is crazy. I, yeah, I, don't, I agree with you guys 100%. My, yeah, by the way, Miami's playing hard. And yes. it's been in every game the second half of the season. And don't you think a divisional game, don't you think for a second that Miami would not love to upset this team, okay? Because they do have something to play for. If Miami, if listen, I get it. It's a long stretch. But if Miami, for some reason, and if you look at the history of Tom Brady in, and Miami in December, he's lost a lot of games to Miami in December in his, in his career. Uh, th- this could be disastrous for them because then all of a sudden the Chiefs would become the two seed. They would become the three seed. And don't you think Brian Flores would love to do that to his old team? He would love that. I can't, I don't, 16 is insane. I I saw this line and I was like, what? I'm so glad you started it off with that, Jamie, because I was looking at this and I go, are they sitting Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker in this game or, or are we looking at a different team? I don't understand this. Miami's played hard against everybody. I that one is mind-boggling. So I think you have a lock of the week, people. Uh, give me Miami plus sixteen. That's for the non-veteran page. I feel like the most confident about that. All right, Green Bay Packers. Another big line. Yeah. The Packers going on the road to play the Detroit Lions or what's left of them. Uh, the twelve and a half point favorites, the Green Bay Packers. Like we said, that NFC. All these teams in the middle have something to play for. Uh, so Green Bay, the obviously the San Francisco-Seattle game we'll get into, the Saints. There's all these different tiebreaker, different scenarios that play out. So all the, the NFC will be playing, which is exciting. Um, and it's a divisional game. Uh, Green Bay on the road in the Dome in Detroit, 12 and a half. Big line. Jake, do you, do you see them covering that with something on the line? Yeah, I'm going back and forth on this one, too. I wrote down 31-20 without looking at the line. I think they're going to get up big. I think Aaron Jones has a monster day. But Darius Slay covering Devontae Adams on the road, I think, is enough to slow down that offense. That didn't look great at times the other night. Um, I have no faith in, in Detroit doing anything, but I think Aaron Jones has a monster game. But if they keep it on the ground, I think they'll keep it close enough. I, I'm going to stick with 31-20 and say they don't cover that. That line seems really high to me on the road. When your number one receiver is going against one of the best cover corners in the league, he'll still get his. But I think they're going to lean heavily on Aaron Jones. Yeah, and this this I felt uncomfortable with that line. That's I'm, I'm going to take Detroit to cover. I don't feel great about it. This is one I wouldn't bet. Um, I know they were just the Packers just won by 13 against the better team in Minnesota, but uh, I, I'm with Jake. I think this is a big Aaron Jones game. I think Adams will get his because he's a star, but it's not going to be a huge game for him. There is no secondary receiving option. That's I guess Aaron Jones is the secondary receiving option right now. For Aaron Rodgers, which is, again, something they're going to absolutely have to address this offseason, that neither Jordan Miles or Marquez Valdez-Scaling stepped up in this offense. Uh, look, the Packers are going to win this game. I don't have any doubts about that. I mean, David Blau is not going to be able to put up enough offense. But I do think with having on Johnson and Bo Scarborough, the Lions can run effectively in this game. This might be a lower-scoring game than people anticipate. Rodgers has not been great the last half of the season. Like He's been fine. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great. I don't think the Packers are blowing them out no. uh, in this matchup. But they win. Uh, I think this is probably a 10-point game. Yep. All right. Moving on, the Los Angeles Chargers going into Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. They are rolling. Like I said, still something to play for. New England and Kansas City both games on at the same time. So there's not going to be any – uh, New England wins, and they know that they're not the don't have an opportunity. Uh, Kansas City at home nine and a half. Jake, do you see Kansas City covering that spread? I do. I wrote down thirty one twenty one. They're getting healthy on offense. Patrick Mahomes is looking great, and they're kind of under the radar a little bit. This defense has been phenomenal the last four or five weeks. I think that's really what they're going to lean on here. I have no faith in the Chargers doing anything. I have no idea what I'm going to see from them. Their loss to the Raiders was inexplicable and inexcusable a week ago. Uh, I have no faith in them going into Arrowhead and doing anything. So, yes, I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover that. I got 31-21. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs here as well. Uh, I just think they're, they're a far better team. They have everything in the world to play for. They're starting to click a little bit. Damian Williams is back, and they're going to start to to lean on him a little bit more often. 
And the Chargers are just frauds again. They're just, they're just frauds again. I think they're playing out the season. Melvin Gordon's got to be wondering where, he, where he's going to be next season. I think Austin Eckler is a pretty big game. Uh, but otherwise, it's just uh, I don't really like any of the Chargers from a fantasy point of view. Uh, look, they're, they're a talented enough team that they shouldn't be this big of an underdog, but they don't deserve to be any better than this. And I, and I imagine they're going to lose by a couple touchdowns in this game because KC still has a lot to play for. They're going to be clicking on all cylinders here, and they might be playing next weekend with, with the way things will work out. Because Andy Reid likes his teams to be hot going in the playoffs too. Yeah, that's another thing to point out. They're gonna he's gonna coach this like, hey, let's go out and get hot and blow their doors off, and then let's roll and see where the chips lie. If we got to play, we got to play. But if not, we're hot going in, and he likes to do that. That's I think that's worth pointing out. And I think one of the most exciting, and right now this would be the most likely scenario. I would be really excited to watch Titans Chiefs in the wild card weekend. I think that's a really exciting matchup given the way both teams are playing. Yeah, I think that would be a really, really fun one to watch. All right, the Oakland Raiders going on the road to play the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are a three-point favorite at home. Jake, what do you have happening in this divisional matchup? I got the Broncos 28-23. I got them covering that. I like the way they've been playing. Drew Locke's been solid. They're running it pretty good. This young offense is kind of starting to take shape of what you're going to see in the future. And Vic's got this defense playing great. I've said it three or four weeks in a row now. They're top six in the NFL in total defense. They've been under the radar all year doing it, but they're playing really solid. The Raiders are banged up. I mean, they have nothing left in the secondary. They had a huge win last week. A huge win last week. After, after blowing one the week before, and the Raiders could still get in. I understand that they got some stuff that, that could happen. And some of the stuff is very likely that they could still get in. I just don't think they have enough. The Broncos are playing good. It's hard on the road to play there, especially this time of year. Uh, I like what I've seen from the Broncos. I'm going to go with that. I agree. Broncos are playing really well lately. They're running the ball effectively. They'll be able to do it here with Phillip Lindsay. Uh, they're throwing the ball effectively with Drew Locke. you got to be really excited about what you've seen so far. His only really bad game was in a blizzard. Yeah. I mean, so, so far you've got to be really excited what you've seen there. That defense has been low-key playing well all season, but they're really playing well as of late. Uh, Oakland's just too banged up right now. We're not sure if Josh Jacobs is going to play. They need it. They need a, They need a couple other weapons on offense, particularly at the receiver position. Uh, they're just. It's not going to be their week there. I think the Broncos win and cover here. And I know Jake's alluded to it a lot over the sh- on the show the last couple of weeks, but I'm coming around to it. I think in 2020 the AFC West is the best division in football. Yeah, and I'm, I think you have four teams there that are all going to compete for playoff spots. Yeah, and the weird thing is the ch- the Chargers, who we've all liked for such a long time, might end up being the worst team in that division, depending on how things shake out. Uh, because we don't know. Philip Rivers definitely took a regression this year. Um, what they're going to do, what that team's going to look like. Melvin Gordon. Um, really looking forward to the offseason conversations about a lot of these teams because there's some interesting teams that are in the kind of retool uh, era where they're they're not picking at the top of the draft and they really are one or two significant steps forward to being a part of the conversation for a Super Bowl team. Listen, we all like the Chargers uh, coming into the season. They've been a big disappointment this year. All right. Sunday night football, circled, excited, can't wait. San Francisco at Seattle, these two teams battling it out for the top of this division. Uh, this is a lot to this. This can. Oh, before we do that, there's one game we missed because for some reason my bookie doesn't have a line on it. That's okay. Cardinals Rams. Okay. Kyler's up in the air still. Yeah. Ah. Okay, so Cardinals Rams. Is there a line that we it's can right now at other books minus seven and a half for the Rams? Okay, so minus seven and a half for the Rams. Kyler is we're still looking at right. That's what the that's why the reason for for the yeah. for it being off the off the books. Uh, Jake, I'll let you take that one as it sits. Uh, other books. What do you think? Uh, do you think the Rams can cover that spread? I do. I like what the Cardinals did last week. They've, they've played solid the last couple of weeks after being terrible coming out of the bye a few weeks before that. Uh, but I think it's just a good matchup for the Rams. They absolutely destroyed them three or four weeks ago. I don't think it's going to be anything like that, but I got them 33-24, whether Kyler plays or not. I think Goff has a big day. They want to go into the offseason with some positivity because they've been – McVay just looks confused. Uh, I, think, I think that defense is going to play really well. And I got him covering that regardless of Kyler plays or not. This is the matchup to watch uh, from the Rams side of things for fancy purposes because I think this is where you can gain a big advantage because they're going to play hard and they're going to put up points in this game. Uh, Robert Woods is a, a wide receiver one this week. I think Cooper Cup's a wide receiver two. Tyler Higby is a, wide, a tight end one. Even if you might think of Flyer and Jared Everett and both tight ends. Uh, if you really need a desperate play there, I think Todd Gurley is a good play. I think, I think the Rams are going to put up points in this game and they're going to try to prove a point going into the offseason on a high note. And then Sean McVay is going to have some work to do. Say, okay, the league adjusted to me. My next step, do I adjust back? 
And I believe, again, I believe he can, but we need to see it. Does he? This will be the test of whether or not he was a good coach or a great coach. Can he adjust now that the league adjusted to him? And that's going to be a really fascinating storyline that we're not going to know until next season, but I'm really curious to see what happens there. Lots of fantasy value to be had. And on the Cardinal side of things, the only player you're starting fantasy is Kenny Drake. Yep. And and the to the to the McVeigh point, they don't have draft picks. So it's going to have to be they don't have top draft picks. So it's really, really going to have to be a lot on the coaching staff this offseason. It's gonna be really, really interesting. To Here's see. another reason why, Paige. When they sign Jalen Ramsey, and yes, the cap is going up between nine and twenty two million, but it's not enough, that team is gonna get poached. Yep. A lot of good players that are on that team now are not going to be on that team next year. Yep. And Every team in the league is looking at who, who we can poach. They're going to trade some guys and try to get some draft picks back, but there's a lot of guys that are really, really solid players. I haven't looked at who's up and who's not, but there's going to be probably five or six to eight role players that aren't on that team that they can't afford next year that they have to go in a different direction and let guys go because their salary cap is going to be upside down, screwed up. Yep, and they got to fi- they got to figure it out because they got Jared Goff locked up. There, that that's what they're locked into. So let's see what McVeigh can do uh, and how he can coach around what has happened now and and all the adjustments that have been made. Uh, so some of the the more the notable names that are playing significant roles for them that are free agents right now, uh, you know, Marky Christian, uh, Greg Zerloin, Corey Littleton, Michael Brockers, Andrew Whitworth, Dante Fowler. All those, yeah. and they have, they have a few others as well. But those are the Fowler's the gone. Littleton will get poached immediately. Star, yeah. star that nobody talks about. Covers tight ends and, and running backs out of the backfield as good as anybody in the league. Uh, that's kind of the name I had. I, mean, I don't know that they're going to pay Greg Zertline five or six million dollars. I don't know that yeah. they can. I don't know how they let him walk. But and they're gonna somebody's going to throw a ton of money. Probably lose their backup as well in, in Blake Bortles. Uh, we'll see how quickly he can get to Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> see that happen. Uh, uh, all right, we're going to move on to the matchup that I previewed shortly before we uh, had to get into that Rams and Cardinals game. San Francisco and Seattle, Sunday night football for the division, for the one seed uh, technically, uh, right? This is how it will all shake out. So this – this is such a – I was hoping that this would happen, right? So I'm looking at the NFL playoff picture. It's such a – you have the Niners, right, who can then jump up and they're, they're, they lock in the one seed. They're the first seed right now. They win this game. They're the first seed. If Seattle wins this game, they're 12-4, and four, and, and, then, and then the Saints could potentially jump up ahead of them and yeah. become the one seed because they went into Seattle early on in the season <sighs> – and beat that team. So this, the NFC could literally change. Com- what I am looking at now could be totally different. Right now it's San Francisco is the one, Packers is the two, Saints is the three, uh, Eagles is the four, Seahawks is the five, Vikings is the six. Literally every single position with the exception of the Vikings could move. All of them. Yes. Yeah, right. I think Seattle could, could be like either, their most likely scenarios are two or three. Two or three. Yeah. But I, it's, it's fascinating to see what what could happen, especially considering you could be a twelve and four team, right? If if San Francisco loses this game, they could go from being the first seed to the five seed. What an it's just a huge, a massive drop for this team. So a lot on the line in this game, like I said, for the division. And the San Francisco 49ers are three and a half point favorites on the road against Seattle. Seattle won in San Francisco earlier on in the season. This is matchup part two. Jake, what do you have happening in this one? Oh, I wrote down 30 to 27 Niners winning by a field goal. I'm going to bump that to 31 to cover that. Uh, Dwayne Brown is huge. The, uh, Seattle losing that left tackle against this pass rush and this defensive line. I think that's going to be the difference in the game. I, I know Carson's out. They signed Beast Mode. Look, I told you, Jamie, I was talking the other day on the show. I saw Beast Mode in the end of September. He did not look like he get 20 carries at all. Uh, I'm expecting him to do a couple things here, but I think Turbin probably carries more of the load or somebody that's already there that's in shape. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. The Niners, I just think they have too much. I think I don't care about the home field advantage. We've talked about that. That that mystique is gone. I think they're one or two games over 500 over the last years, and they just got the doors kicked in by the Cardinals last week. I mean, dominated and destroyed by the Cardinals. That's not this 49ers team. I just think that they're better. I think they're playing better. I'm shocked Richard Sherman's back on the field, but he was back after a grade two hamstring strain in, in two weeks. He didn't look great last week, but he was on the field and he matters. And him going back up there, I think it's a big deal. Uh, I just think the Niners have too much. 
I agree. I think the Niners win and cover this. I, I have a lot of concerns about Seattle now because their one big advantage they had, aside from Russell Wilson, but their one big advantage they had was that they were an extremely effective running team. And now they're not going to be that with the combination of Robert Turvin and Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch. They're just, they're just not going to be able to run the ball anywhere near as effectively as they were with Chris Carson or even briefly with Rashad Penny there, which concerns me because the thing nobody wants to talk about is that Russell Wilson's numbers have gone way down in the yeah. last month and a half. Like yep. he is not – again, he's not any less talented than he was at the beginning of the season. But you know, Tyler Lockett's been extremely inconsistent again. DK Metcalf hasn't played a huge role. Josh Gordon wasn't playing a huge role before the suspension. They don't really have all the pieces there. They're t- the, you know, Jacob Hollister has had moments. I know he was technically their leading receiver last week with like 76 yards. But he hasn't been as good as once Will Disley. Will, once Will Disley went down, this offense started to look – significantly different obviously both running backs going down is i mean they're just down and their defense hasn't been good all year and a star left tackle he's old but he's been a star for a long time i just solidified that offensive line that was terrible before that yeah i mean i i this is going to be the thing where like i could see seattle losing to philadelphia or dallas in the first round too i think it's they're they're so banged up now and again they're they're nothing special on defense the passing game has been nothing special now you're banged up on the offensive line your huge asset in the running game is now a detriment to your team. I, I'm scared for them in this game. I'm scared for them. I think this this could be like a three-game losing streak to end the season that includes uh, the wild card game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take San Francisco. Uh, please, please ride Raheem Mostert. This offense looks so much better when he is in the game right now. I don't care what you're paying all these guys. Figure out your running back situation in the offseason. But right now, Raheem Mostert needs to be on the field a lot more than he is. You've got enough receivers making plays now with Samuels and Debo Sanders. Kittle is a freaking star. That defense is still playing really well. I, I think San Francisco, they would have to beat themselves in this game for me. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting. This is, a, this is a good one. I wish this was the full complement of Seattle that we had seen because that's the game that I was really, really looking forward to. Without, without both running backs, it's – I mean, signing beast mode is like a nice – tip of the cap to, hey, this was a guy that, but come on. I mean, it's... It, He'll you, have a nice run that'll get played on SportsCenter. Yes. But like, I don't oh, think he's going to he truck somebody for sure, but I don't think yeah, he can get no. one of the eight carries before he passes out. He did not yeah, look good when I, mean, I saw it. He, he's, he's, he hasn't, he's not in football shape. Let's just say that much. Uh, and he's definitely not Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. But like, they just, they have a ton of injuries. CJ Procise. I mean, again, they're, they're down to their fourth, fourth string running yeah, back. Yeah, they had to sign guys off the street. Yeah, their old third string running back, Robert Turbin. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> come on. Like, it's, that's where they are from, from that perspective. So not, not looking good for them. Um, otherwise, I think this would really be a fun matchup. I can't imagine San Francisco loses this game with where Seattle sits right now. Now. All right, Jake, any parting thoughts on today's podcast? That's the end of uh, every single game. You're going to have a long Sunday, every single team playing all day long. Lots to get, lots of fun. Um, enjoy the last week of the NFL, guys, because uh, regular season, because now it's postseason time and it's time to start talking about the offseason, time to start focusing on what teams are going to do in the draft. And uh, listen, I hope you hope you won some fantasy championships. I didn't hear how Shelby and Jake's fantasy championship. Oh, I, I ate my crow last week, but I'll say it again. I lost by 50. My girl. I put, up, girl. An, I put up an A performance from Yahoo and <laughs> lost by 50 because the draft that I helped her with and switched to Ryan Tannehill ended up with Saquon Barkley, Melvin Gordon, Michael Thomas. She lost Chris Godwin, who didn't play in that game, but Allen Robinson did. That was the worst performance she had all day. Uh, she put up 200 points. Yeah, she, she so congratulations me. to my beautiful wife for kicking my ass in the fantasy championship. Hold on, Jobs. And, uh, and bringing home the title and all the money stays at home. Uh, yeah, exa- exactly right. So everybody wins. Uh, any other I, could, I, I can't believe that we're talking about week 17. I, I'm shocked. Yeah. Like, I'm looking, yeah. really looking forward to Sunday night. Some of these scenarios are going to be awesome, and then we're moving on to the playoffs, and then it's getting into the offseason. I just can't believe we're already here. But it's been a hell of a ride so far. It really has been. And I'm itching for playoff football now. I, I, I think we're starting to get a little bit better feel for these teams. Uh, I'm excited to you know, get down to the nitty-gritty and see, again, maybe a, a Tennessee-Kansas City, which I think is going to be really exciting. And I can't even predict the NFC matchups because they're going to be all over the place. But yeah. I, I'm looking forward to getting some playoff football. Uh, we got a little bit of a taste of it. I really felt like that Buffalo-New England game felt like a playoff game. The way those two teams were playing, the Again, night game in New England, yeah, Saturday night, the awesome. only game on at the time. Yeah. It had that kind of feeling. I was like, all right, I'm ready for this now. But there's still some big games this weekend. There's still some. There's still one division that's up in the air. 
there's still are two divisions up in the air, the NFC West and the NFC East are both up in the air. So I'm really excited to see this all play out, and then we can really get into it on Monday and break down each of these matchups and go, okay, now we can like break these down and say who do we think is going to win. And we reevaluate what the Super Bowl odds are going to be yeah. as we get into the postseason, knowing the exact seedings and matchups and looking at the paths there. So I'm really excited to get this get the regular season uh, finished and done with and yeah. move on to the really big games. I'm ready. I'm ready for playoff football. I'm ready to look at some Super Bowl odds that include only the teams that we know are going to be there for sure and have a full, clear picture of what the NFC, because the AFC is pretty, pretty well locked in, but the NFC is all over the map, Jamie. Absolutely it is. And, and one last reminder for those of you that are playing fantasy yep. in week Good 17. Reminder. I will. My rankings are already up there, but I will update my rankings. We're recording this on Friday afternoon. Uh, my rankings will be up there by Friday night, all recorded. It's the best that I can based on all the information I have about injuries and who might be starting, who might be sitting. So if you're still looking for that information, check it out Friday night or Saturday or Sunday morning. Uh, they will be up there for those of you that are still playing in week 17. Yep. Last second, make sure you check out the draftnetwork.com so you can see all of that and start playing with that mock draft machine, people, because I know there are plenty of you whose team is sitting out looking at you, Cleveland, and it's time to start thinking about what 2020 will bring for your football team. So, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at TDN Fantasy underscore on Twitter and at TDN Fantasy on Instagram. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.